0: Hey everyone, it's Sam again. I just first off wanted to follow up with the curtains to let you know that they are still up with the lovely duct tape and command hooks. So if you ever need to hang up curtains and can't put holes in the wall, that is one option. But apparently there's also another one. I guess there's something be called pressure rods now, according to some of my friends who messaged me after I already put the duct tape up and broke my lamp. Yeah, wish I knew that before then, but it works, so I'm happy. The lamp slightly works, so we're gonna take that as a win still. But today I wanted to talk about you know, how crappy things do happen in our lives, but when we do learn from it, we may be able to help someone else with our stories. And what I mean by that is someone else could be going through a similar experience that you already went through and you know what it took for you to get on the other side and you can either help them give them advice or sometimes just educate like some family members still don't think depression and anxiety is a real thing but it is and sometimes they don't realize how much these mental differences can really affect a person and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because I was actually at work the other day and I saw one of my patients that I can't say his or her name of course but it brought me back to kind of a flashback moment of when one of the first times I had the family. And they were admitted at night. The patient had a history of depression, suicidal ideation, etc. And a family member was very frustrated as to why was he not being compliant with meds why was he not doing all the things he needs to do to keep himself healthy and the family member got really frustrated and started saying some really cruel things to my patient and for me at least when something starts to really bother me it forms my chest I can feel the fiery pit start and at first I was just kind of brushing it aside focusing on what I needed to do but after an hour or so of hearing cruel things being said every time I was in the room I finally said that's it I'm no this is not okay and I asked the family member to step outside for a moment and I didn't say anything mean or anything, but I just explained that I was like, you know how the patient has depression, active depression, suicidal ideation, right? And the individual said yes. And that's when I followed up with what you're seeing now and what you're getting frustrated over are clinical symptoms of depression. And I followed up with all we can do when it comes to someone going through a depression episode is to provide them with resources, provide them with things that can get them in a better mind state. But you can't force someone to get help. You can't force an alcoholic to get sober. They need to learn that on their own, which most of the time is a hard way, and it's hard to see. Same with depression. It, takes them to hit a pretty low point to finally be like I can't live like this anymore and get help but regardless that's really all you can do and unfortunately that part's out of our hands and when I was talking to this individual I told the person all the resources I'm gonna provide to the patient the consults I can do or advise to the doctors to order, but at the end of the day, if the patient doesn't want help, he may or she may not take the resources. And it is very frustrating because you just want to see a person get better, a person to be their real happy self. And that's where it gets hard. And I followed up with asking the individual how he was doing and how he was doing with the whole entire situation and what I could do to help him. Because at the end of the day, he was, frustrated because he didn't really understand why the patient was behaving the way he was or why things were going the way they were and how things have changed and after that conversation he thanked me a lot And eventually went back in the room and a nurse actually came up to me after and asked me how did I know what to say and how was I able to have a conversation like that with him? Because I did set boundaries. I didn't say, and what you're doing right now is not okay. But what I said was... And, like, keep naming the things you want him to do is not going to get where we want him to be. That's on his own at the end of the day. The patient's a teenager. At the end of the day, it's their choice, not ours. No matter how much we wish we could help someone, especially a loved one, the end of the day, it's up to them we can only do so much before it starts draining us. And then we're all frustrated because guess what? We don't have control. And that's what stinks the most, right? And when the nurse asked me that and then just said how I was really good at communicating my concerns, without like being insulting or anything and how I was she just wanted to know like how did I know what to say and that's when it hit me that it was because I went through a similar experience And it kind of was like a light bulb clicked after. And it's because I did go through something similar to that. Um, The day when my sister attempted suicide, my parents went by her apartment, even though she deliberately said, please don't come over and just kept asking her questions, was all over her. And after they left not too long after, she, her alcohol content's like almost a point four and she tries to kill herself and I get the phone call because I'm her power of attorney. And I'm never gonna forget the sounds I heard on that phone call. I'm never gonna forget the things I saw that night in the ED. And I'm never going to forget that as power of attorney, I told my parents they weren't allowed to see my sister until I thought it was best for her. And to this day, my sister still says that's the best decision I've made when it comes to that hospitalization. And so that's a moment where I used one of my personal life experiences to help someone else, to enlighten an individual to understand. What mental health is and what mental health can do to someone and for those who've gone through a lot of things because I know for a fact many people have gone through either same or so much worse things than I have but just haven't had somewhere to speak up about it and for those who are listening, use your life stories for an advantage to help someone else. We may have not been able to prevent the things that happen in our life, no matter what we did or tried, but we could always help someone else. And I think that's so important to remember Because like I said many times now, this podcast isn't to become famous or make money off it or anything. It's mainly to spread mental health awareness in that children with mental disabilities in reality, it's just a different ability, which is going to be my next podcast that I'll elaborate more and talk more about my story with how my autism affects me to this day. But this was kind of a short reminder that, I mean, do I prefer you guys to have gone through crappy things? No. No. I wish you weren't exposed to a lot of things that you probably have been, but versus just playing the victim or using it as an excuse to drink like I did for a while, help someone else when you see a situation that is an opportunity for you to educate or enlighten or even just comfort and be there for someone do it because you don't know how big of a difference you just made in that person's life and that's the main thing for this part of the conversation at least and I will give you another example in a second, but for a moment, I just need a slight little break because I am thirsty. Hey guys, I'm back. So, kind of following up with what I talked about last is a scenario that I was actually in on Saturday night? Yeah. Right before the Saturday um, meeting, I decided I needed a new sponsor for my program just because I personally just didn't feel like it was the best fit. And when it comes to my sobriety, I want to make sure I have the right sponsor, the right program, just so I make sure I stay sober and clear-headed and my old sponsor, I thought at least took it well because based off what she said, she was like, okay cool, like just stay honest, congrats or something along those lines. So I thought she was okay with what happened When in reality, I come to the Saturday night meeting just to find out she showed numerous people at that meeting our conversations. And I don't know what conversations she showed, but I do know some were definitely personal that should have stayed between us two. And it could have. Maybe she didn't show those, but regardless, you shouldn't really be texting me one thing, acting like everything's okay, and then I come to the meme finding all of this out. And now, this was another time I kind of used life experience, my higher power, and the program I'm running because don't get me wrong I was pretty ticked off at first and I walked away from the meme for a moment because I was like this is why I stopped going to meetings to begin with because of petty people and petty drama like this and I was furious and what I would have done that scenario if it weren't for the program I am in and everything else. I would have gone zero-hundred real quick. I mean, I did regardless, but I would have called her out, probably said some irrational things, maybe started a fight. I don't know, because I when I get angry, I have zero control. Of, like, my thoughts, my actions. And that's why I try not to get angry. Because that's one of the scariest versions of myself. I mean, I've literally been referred to as the Hulk when I'm angry. If that gives you an idea. And part of it is because of my autism. Part of it's because of my past. And I guess genetics, too. Um... Based what I lived with. And so at first I was furious, like ready to call her out mid-meeting and say harsh things that would have, what would have it done in the end. My friend said, they're like, okay, so you do that. Would you feel better? I'm like, yeah, actually, I kind of would. Not going to lie. Um, and then they kind of put, okay, would you let me do that if I was in your position? And I was like, crap, no, I actually wouldn't. And so I kind of just prayed for her that night because it's sad. Like, you're four years sober, but you're going to do petty things like that because... I want to make sure I do what's best for me and my sobriety, and I know for a fact you were considering changing sponsors as well. So I think I just got mixed emotions between reminding me of my past, very hypocritical, Um, she portrays herself one way but then does very immature things like that. It just, from numerous angles, I was like, this is kind of sad on her behalf, because, I mean, maybe she showed my autism PDF I made to people, or to my parents at least, and I did send it to her, because she was my sponsor, so I wanted her to understand how my brain worked better, and at first I'm like, oh, she probably showed that at people, and I thought again, I was like, wait a second, even she did, cool. Now they understand how my brain works and regardless, it looks so bad on her half. Like I'm sorry, I've done a lot of wrong things in my life. But one thing I can say is I'm a genuine person and do not do petty things like that. And it's sad that someone who's four years sober, is still that immature um so yeah she's obviously still sick and i prayed that day and then i actually started painting the following day at first i thought it was for um my podcast goals and unicorns but i realized as i was painting i was like no this is me painting my feelings of my previous spot. Okay. That just hit me. And that's why I had to add the sound. Because I was like, oh my god, it really is. Because what I painted, which now I'll have to post. Is um kind of like a... Self- self-portrait. Well, not self because it wasn't, it doesn't look like me at all, but half is this really pretty girl with colorful hair, majestic. I was thinking it was kind of go unicornish, but something didn't feel right. And the other side is this skeleton. You can't even see, like, um, the ridges and everything in it. And it makes total sense now because that's how my last sponsor was. She portrays herself as one thing, but then at the end of the day, she's kind of beautiful on the outside, ugly on the inside. So that's why I had to add that sound because I was like, whoa, that just connection, but to kind of summarize this podcast, I know it's been a little bit all, all over the place, a little rusty. Um but yeah, for those who have gone through a lot, which many have, it's up to you if you want to remain a skull or remain angry about what's happened and what's been done and no matter what you do nothing's going to change the past or you can become the beautiful person you can be which is the unicorn and learn from these terrible things to help someone else in the future and I think that is so important to know because I was that person who stayed angry for so many years and wasted so much time when I could have been helping other people. And now I am very thankful that I'm in the right state of mind in the right place. To start fulfilling my purpose and helping others. And for those who are listening, you can too. And also, another news fact we have a new member of the Fluffy Castle. Her name's Unicream because it's a unicorn in an ice cream cone. I will have to post that on Instagram too so you can see what I'm talking about. Sassy Cat's ticked off about that, too. Um, Cream's been kicked off the Fluffy Castle quite a few times. But he's warming up. He's all good. And last thing, I finally think I came up with a way to conclude the podcast. And hopefully you guys like it. So, on that note, stay real and stay majestic. Bye, guys.